starters we're not even the backups this is the third stringers podcast where we talk about the hottest sports news of the week i'm your host noah kratz and here with me are my two favorite guys to talk sports with josh and justin and guys we have a lot to get to again because we're in our nba offseason scenarios and we're talking about the minnesota timberwolves i'll be honest with you guys they didn't have a great year they had a very underwhelming year because Cat and D'Lo were back together. They were expected to do great things together, uh, especially coming off D'Lo's greatest performances with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, but they kind of underperformed. And I would consider that mostly due to injury. Um, they start or they ended the year uh, 23 and 49. Uh, and they ended uh, third to last in the West. Uh, only above the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Houston Rockets. I don't think that's a good look for them. So, Justin, what do they need to do this offseason to make it back to the playoffs? All right. The biggest, most important thing for them is to stay healthy and stay in the game. You got Cat. He only played 50 games this past season due to, I think, a little bit of injury. And then he also took a couple like personal days, I believe. I yeah, think I think he had COVID, COVID, too. It was COVID, and then his mom or grandma may have passed COVID, RIP. Yeah, so, his mom. Yeah, and then T. Russell only played 42, and Malik Beasley only played 37. So you have a team where you're arguably three of your best players, three of your, three of your starters almost, aren't playing – a decent amount of the season and if they want to make a run for the playoffs coming up next year or in the future they really need to keep everyone healthy for the full season and i know that's like such an easy thing to say but like kind of hard thing to do like to do but there has to be something with like the team like athletic trainers or people like that just how they manage their health and i i feel like the spurs are a really good team to look at to see like how to keep everyone healthy, whether that's load management throughout the season or better facilities or better ways to train. I just feel like that's the main thing the Timberwolves need to do this offseason is get everyone in good condition to have a nice full season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, health comes down to it a lot, and especially this year with the condensed schedule. Um, I mean, LeBron was complaining about it the other day, uh, saying that, you know, this was bound to happen just because of the condensed schedule of playing so many games uh, in such a little time. Um, and that comes down to a lot of it, because, I mean, if you look at the Nets, they wouldn't have lost. I mean, you know, you know what I mean? They were they were going to win the whole thing if Kyrie, James Harden and Kevin Durant were all healthy. There's nobody that was going to stop them. So, I mean, health does come down to it. And now with Kawhi out and with his uh, ACL thing. Um, don't know if he's going to come back. It looks like 
the Suns have a great chance to come out of the West, and the Timberwolves could be right up there. Uh, in my in my opinion, if they just stayed healthy, I mean they have a great starting four with D. Russell, Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards, and Cat. I think that's a great starting four. You know they're kind of missing that defensive power forward because good lord, Cat needs some help on defense. He's not a great defender, and he can't stay down there with the big guys like Capella and Rudy Gobert. He gets bodied down low for how big he is. Um, so I mean they need to look for like a real defensive power forward, someone like a even like a. John Collins would help. He's not the best power forward, but I mean, he's putting up great numbers in Atlanta. So that's like my biggest thing about it is like get that real good core of five and see how far you can take it. Uh, Josh, what is your biggest thing that you think they need to do? So I think I think definitely like Justin kind of like did the breakdown of the injuries you can't really argue that that's a major factor, you know, like it, it gets to a point where it doesn't matter how great your team is, you know, just looking at the roster, if they're not all playing. Um, so I think, I think that's in my opinion, the biggest factor as to how their team did. Cause I mean, looking at, at their stats, uh, Malik Beasley, um, D'Lo and Anthony Edwards, they all averaged right about 19 points a game, which I mean that's those are that's a good number, right? I mean I don't think anyone's going to complain about averaging 19 points a game, and then Cat's numbers average wise were still 20 about 25 points a game, 10 rebounds, um, and then even a guy like Ricky Rubio who isn't going to be you know your scorer, but he averaged eight points and in, in uh, six and a half assists. So I mean I feel like as far as just talent. I don't think that this team needs a whole lot. I think the biggest thing is like Kratz was saying in the West, they had the worst defense as far as opponents points per game. So I think if they can get a solid defender and even if, even if they're not getting a star player, but it's just someone who, who their specialty is just defense, right? You don't need them to average anything more than eight points a game whatever it is, because this team has scorers. So I think the biggest thing is just keep what you have, because I think they have a lot of talent. I think it's just trying to get one or two defensive players who can help them on that end. And honestly, if they can do that, if they can get a one or two guys who are defensive specialists, I, I see this team being immediate playoff contenders. I see them being in the playoffs. And, and I mean, if they get that side of the ball figured out, they would be a team that, like, I think would be scary for any team in the NBA to play with their talent. Yeah, you get P.J. Tucker on that team Ooh, and yeah, they're good. starting power forward. Yep. They've got um, the scores. I mean, P.J. Tucker can hit a corner three. Yeah. That's, another, that's a scary team. Another factor to play into getting a power forward, maybe you want a vet power forward because – this team is, uh, I looked up the stats, it is the average age of the team is 23.9 years old, and they're the third youngest team in the NBA. They have a lot of stars, I agree. Anthony Edwards, D'Lo, or D. Russell, yeah. Who's D'Lo? Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah, that's him. Um, yeah. And Cat. Both I mean, are. Both. Yeah, are. you're right. Um, they're all stars. They're all they're not stars, but they're all great players. But they're all young. I think if they got to the playoffs without like a nice vet leadership on there, the only one you really have is Ricky Rubio, but he's not battle tested really. So you get a good like PJ Tucker would be a perfect fit for this. Mm-hmm. You get someone in there that's like he knows how to whip these guys in shape. Like, hey, this is the playoffs. You gotta you gotta perform, and he provides that defensive prowess on there. I think that'd be a very good fit for this. Team, honestly, I didn't. Even, I've never. I've never even thought about PJ Tucker joining this team, but that would be nice. Yeah. Here, here's a an unplanned question that I just thought of. Are the Timberwolves the most talented, worst team record wise in the NBA? <laughs> honestly, I, I feel like I feel like they are. It's either them or the Pelicans, because the yeah. Pelicans underperform yeah. too. I'd agree. Like, I agree. I, th- I mean, I think the Timberwolves. Ingram. I don't know. I I think I have to go with the Pelicans, just yeah. because they have like Zion and Brandon Ingram. I don't know. It's but tough. I, I think I'd give it to the Timberwolves. I give but it to the Timberwolves. Right, most of those teams are that have enough talent to definitely be better than they did, like better than they performed. Yeah, and then so another thing I have for the Timberwolves, what they should do is kind of what we were talking about a little bit there. They have a lot of solid talent, but they're they're all like pieces of the puzzle that were never together this past season because of all the injuries. So you have D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Malik Beasley. You have Jarrett Culver, Ricky Rubio, Josh Okoge, I believe his name is. Um, Okoge, yeah, I think. Okoge. So you have a decent amount of guards right there. So Anthony Edwards, you put up forward. But, like, you, none of these guys are going to want to give up their minutes, in my opinion. Or some of these guys shouldn't give up their minutes. Like, D'Angelo Russell shouldn't be giving up minutes for, like, Jarrett Culver. But I think Jarrett Culver, if he got the minutes, could become a decent point guard. So I think they need to get rid of a couple players, whether that's Culver or even Okogi or even Ricky Rubio. Just get getting rid of one or two of the guards to get a nice rotation going with these guards and get a nice rhythm and schedule for them would be a great benefit for this team going forward if everyone stays healthy. The problem is if they don't stay healthy, then you don't have the good backups. So it's a two, it's a double-edged sword there. Personally, yeah. I'd get rid of them and try to like move one of these pieces for a good defensive power forward. Like I yeah. think that'd be a, that'd be a good trade-off. Well, and like you were saying too, like they're they're a pretty young team, so honestly, I feel like like players like Jarrett Culver, they could get like he'll have some decent trade value. I think you know what I mean. Like I think he's a guy that teams would give up something nice for, for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's a good wing defender. Him on that Texas Tech team when they played, uh, I think it was Michigan and Michigan State. He he shut down his his primary uh, attacker every single time. He's a great defensive specialist. So, I mean, yeah, that's the thing is you can have a lot of good talent on your team and it's just like they're not getting the minutes to kind of like show their stuff because it takes them a minute to heat up. So if you're just subbing them out constantly, like they're never going to get into that rhythm. So yeah, that's, that's a big point of it. That's why to me, I know Ricky Rubio is a great passer, but I would trade Ricky Rubio. 
there's a lot of teams that could use that offensive like NBA IQ that Ricky Rubio has coming off the bench. I don't know if they'd pay 17 million for him, but I think a lot of teams would trade for him. Yeah, you might not get a first round pick, but I mean, I wouldn't expect that from a Ricky Rubio trade. And you can get yeah. 17 million off the books. Yeah, and you know, maybe even and he's, get a power forward in return. He he's 32, so I feel like I feel like he's almost at the point where if you hold on to him too much longer, then like his value drops significantly. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I feel like the age of 30 is a number where you kind of got to decide. You know, do we want him to stay here or do we want to get rid of him? Yeah. Yeah. A place I could see him going that would be a pretty good fit, and I think if this team does it, they would have to move up their lineup a little bit. But have him go to the Warriors and have a rotation where it's him, Steph, Clay, Draymond, and um, James Wiseman on the court. That way you have Clay and Steph off ball movement. And they, like I feel like Ricky Rubio is very good at dictating how the offense is going. Mm-hmm. And if you have two of the best shooters of all time running around on the court and he's just telling them where to go and like picking his spots – like he's gonna get the ball, get the ball to them. It, it's just a matter of fact. Yeah, I'm not yeah. mad at that. I, I think that I think that'd be sweet to see if him you, with yeah. the Warriors. It would, nice... it would it would be interesting to see how they did it defensively. Yeah, yeah, because Clay, I mean, Clay's defended the like the small forward position mm-hmm. a few times, and he he doesn't do a bad job, but I mean, he's just a little smaller than they are, so. It'd be a little yeah. harder for that for on, that on the defensive like side. A small ball thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I mean, even him coming off the bench for them would look really good. Because I mean, mm-hmm. if you look back at it on Sean Livingston when he was there, he was the leader of that second team. So, I mean, if you put Ricky Rubio coming off the bench for like when Curry is out, that's a great second second point guard. And even if like just take Ricky Rubio and put him in the spot of Steph or Clay whenever they're out, and then right, yeah, he's just a great secondary guard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's just would they pay for it? Because I mean, seventeen million is a lot for a backup yeah, guard. It's a decent amount. I agree, but I think like Josh was saying, his value is going to start going down. So if he like if they get him, let's say the, the Timberwolves. Want, don't want to lose him. They keep him. I don't know exactly when his contract's up, but say they... I think he has two more years. So in two years, it'll be, what, 34? It depends on how well he's playing, I guess. But yeah, I, I could see him being a good older player, kind of like a Tony Parker. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sign him at 34, have him be the backup point guard running the squad. At the yeah, I mean, his, his play style definitely... Like promotes a long career, you know what I mean? Because yeah. he's not flying, flying into the into the paint and exactly. make contact layups and stuff. So, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you guys said, it's it's going to come down to like how these young players develop, and with that, you need like a good coach. I'm not mocking their coach now, but I, I think they could have a better mind even like a Jason Kidd or something like that. So to be honest, I think if they if they don't make playoffs again, there's going to be something that needs to change. And I think they'll take it out on the coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, yep. I mean, you look at what 
Monty Williams did with the Suns when he went there in his second year. He's on. He's in the Western Conference Finals, and I mean that's not all him because I mean they got Chris Paul and everything, but they were playing well in the bubble last year. So it it's it's interesting because the NBA for me like coaches don't mean as much as other sports because like with like football and everything you see what Belichick does and you see what like Matt LaFleur does for the Packers or Kevin Stefanski for the Browns and it changes the game but with NBA I mean you've either got the skill players or you don't but then you then there's like exceptions like with Tom Thibodeau in New York I mean, he completely changed their whole scheme. He changed it to a more defensive side, and they made playoffs and, I mean, had a really good year. So it, it's yeah. interesting to me because, I mean, you look at Popovich, and I, he's he is the exception because of just how much he's done. But it's it's weird to me. Yeah, it's really I, weird. I think a a coach only makes a difference if you're – Hmm. I guess this how I put it is it can a good a great coach can take a bad team to be good. They can't make it great, but a great coach can make a great team a championship, like a championship contender. Like if you take like Phil Jackson on the '93 Bulls, the '93 Bulls were very good. But if you put another coach in that position, and they don't have that his mind there, I don't know if that '93 team wins a championship right away. Right. But then you look at, but then you look at like, I mean, Ty Lue was the coach of the Cavs and we all know he didn't do anything. It was LeBron's team and LeBron was the coach. Yeah. So, but, but LeBron's also like one of like, I mean, I guess there's obviously people who, who would say this isn't true, who don't like LeBron. But I feel like a lot of people, including players, like think that LeBron is like one of the greatest leaders that like the NBA has ever seen. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I feel like he might be an exception too because he's such like a coach on the court and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I think in the NBA, I think it's just like in the NFL, it's it's a sport where there's play calling, right? And I get that you can call plays in the NBA too, but it, it's I don't know how to how to separate it outside of calling it something different than play calling, but it is very different, right? It's not the same thing. And I think in the NFL, if you your play calling, it's it, it's kind of obvious to people watching at home and the coaching staff like who went rogue, right? And who wasn't yeah. listening? And right, I think it, right. in the NBA, it's much easier for the players to just kind of do whatever they want. And so for me in the NBA, I think the biggest thing is just a coach getting the players to buy in. Right. I think a coach just getting the players to like believe in them. And that's why I think Popovich, one of the reasons like he was he was such an amazing coach is because I think he gained so much respect. That people did buy it. You know what I mean? It didn't matter who it was. I think if he told them to do something, they did it. And so I think that's the biggest thing is just a coach that players like believe in and respect. Yeah. I mean, you got that like reputation too. So like if this was like Popovich or Popovich's like first year 
in the NBA, it'd be a little different because like they don't have that reputation. Like now it's like, oh my gosh, Popovich told me to say something, like do something. Yeah. I better do it. You know what yeah, I mean? It's a respect. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think the Timberwolves, the coach got lucky that the injuries were there. If they had performed this poorly and everyone had been playing the whole season, I think he, the coach would have been gone. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Honestly, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if this warrants a hot take, but I think Timberwolves are in the playoffs next year. Mm, I don't know if that's a hot take. I, I really think this team I, could be good if they all played. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think they're in the playoffs next year. And honestly, if they make it past the first round of playoffs, I wouldn't be shocked. But anything past that, I'd be shocked. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's just so hard because the West is so stacked. That's true. If they're in the East, I think they're making playoffs if everyone plays. West, I don't know. It'll be tough. Especially with the Warriors, because Clay will be back, right? Yep. Yeah. Warriors will be better. I mean, at, basically everyone that made playoffs this season will be back there. I can't imagine. Ah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, the West you gotta put, is stacked. You gotta put the thunder in there. Justin, yeah, no. you know, believes in them. Exactly. <laughs> Especially with Kemba huge, now. Huge SGA's game. coming back. They got Kemba. <laughs> got rid of uh, Al Horford. It's basically everything I said. I don't know. It's true. That's what they needed. They get a nice draft pick. <laughs> Absolutely. Get number one pick at Cade Cunningham. It's it's over. They're winning the whole thing. The whole thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I do think they could make playoffs though, if that happens. That's a hot pick. <laughs> That's a hot take. <laughs> all right, guys. That's all we got for you today. If you like the content, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. And follow us on all the major social media out- outlets, including TikTok. Uh, thanks, guys. We'll see you guys this week for our normally set podcast that comes out on Wednesday mornings. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.